For the second time in the last three games, I have to come on here and say that that was the worst loss of the Kings season. The Kings lose to the Wizards 125-111 at home in what felt like an exact replica of that game against Charlotte on Monday. Charlotte was on the second half of their back-to-back on a road trip. Same thing with the Wizards. And yet both of those teams came out with so much more energy than the Kings. The Kings' defense was just, I mean, it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough to win you games consistently. The offense can win you games, but the defense is almost never winning this team games. And that leaves you susceptible to losing two worst teams because the Wizards are not some team with a bunch of G League players. You know, they got really good players on their team despite not being a good team. And the size of the Wizards was a major problem for the Kings. When, you know, you know the Wizards are starting Daniel Gafford, Kristaps Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. So when you have Kyle Kuzma at the three, it's not necessarily so much of a problem when you're going starting lineup versus starting lineup. But the second the Kings make a substitution, other than maybe one of the guards, uh, you know, if you make a substitution for one of your wings or Sabonis, you're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage because off the Kings bench, they just do not have the size to compete. Because the Wizards are even bringing size off their bench. And I, for a while now, have been a massive supporter of playing Kaziak Paul. And I've kept saying that. And I don't know why he doesn't play. Especially when the Kings come out not playing good defense. Or at least in the second quarter when they didn't play great defense. Because in the first quarter, you know, like I said... Starting lineup versus starting lineup isn't that big of a problem. So the first quarter wasn't that bad. But it's the second quarter when the bench is out there just getting absolutely blown out. I don't understand why Casey Akpala is not on the court. The search for a backup big continues. I mean, Chimezi Metu, Rashawn Holmes, and Nemeas Keita all saw minutes in this game. And none of them worked. Casey Paula also saw three minutes in this game. And Terrence Davis had four minutes. You know, it, it's just like you can see that Mike Brown is absolutely searching for someone, anyone to step up off the bench. And, you know, Trey Lyles played well offensively off the bench, which is a good thing because that's what he needs to do is play well offensively because the problem is we're looking for defense off the bench. And Trey Lyles does not provide that. He provides shooting, sometimes. And he provides great energy. I I can never knock him for his energy. He did everything he could in this game. But everything he could is just not enough, honestly, with the way that this team is currently constructed. He doesn't have the physical tools to be able to provide this team what they need. And... I think that Kaziak Paula does. And, I mean, you could play both of them together, but Terrence Davis also does not. 
Terrence Davis is exactly the same as Trey Lyles. Provides great energy, can be a spark offensively, but is just not big enough. Doesn't have the physical tools because he is forced into playing small forward, which is just not his natural position. Because you're not replacing Davion Mitchell. You're not replacing Malik Monk. So the only place that Terrence Davis can play is that three spot. And that's what confuses me. Why is Casey Akpala not playing in that spot? You know, normally in these pods, I, I, for the most part, go chronologically, start from the first quarter, move on, and kind of also go player by player. But, I mean, in this game, the whole game was just so bad. Like, uh, it was just so bad that I, I just want to talk about the underlying issues of this roster right now. Because it is... A solid roster, but there are major glaring flaws to it that can be exposed against teams like the Wizards or against teams like the Hornets when the Kings don't come out firing on all cylinders offensively. Because it's great when they're firing on all cylinders offensively. It doesn't really matter what they do on defense. They're just going to win. But, uh, you know, when they come out and De'Aaron Fox isn't hitting his midi, which he wasn't in this game, and, you know, Keegan Murray isn't hitting his shots, Harrison Barnes isn't, you know, necessarily doing what he usually does, then, you know, even Sabonis was extremely inefficient from the field tonight. Then, it, you know, if the starters don't create a big lead, the bench is just going to give it up. And the bench can also get it going offensively, but... When Malik Monk is, for the, for the last few games, he's been pretty careless with the ball, I'd say. You know, he's had, you know, some good stretches of playmaking and then some bad stretches of turning the ball over a lot. And you saw that again in this game, four assists, four turnovers for him. We need him to be the leader of that bench unit offensively. And what's been happening is it's forced Mike Brown to stagger Fox and Sabonis' minutes a lot so that Fox is playing with the bench more so that, you know, it takes pressure off Malik Monk to be a playmaker, but that also takes away from our best lineup of having Fox and Sabonis out there together. You know, when you look at individual performances in this game, Fox started out slow, but, you know, he got his 26 points three assists, had a seven rebounds, got to the free throw line 13 times, which is always something I love to see, was settling a little bit too much early for for my liking. But then once the Kings got down big, he started attacking, and I just want to see him attacking earlier in games, which has always been my complaint. And, you know, Sabonis was also getting to the foul line, 10 for 10 from the free throw line, which is nice, a, a good positive, but also not great from the floor for him. And Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray weren't uh, necessarily knocking down the shots. You know, Kevin Herter had aggressive spells in this game like he normally does. You know, he's not necessarily aggressive all game, but I do like when he's aggressive within reason, you know, not going out of control. So, you know, there's no one guy that I'm going to point to for this loss. It's obviously a, a whole team loss. And even off the bench, you know, I liked how Davion Mitchell played defensively. I think he did all he could. But it's just that three through five spot off the bench that leaves a lot to be desired. 
the Kings just weren't able to stop Kyle Kuzma from getting to the rim. They weren't able to stop anyone from getting to the rim. Kristaps Porzingis had seven points, and we still got blown out. Uh, you know, Bradley Beal only had 24 points, which for him, you know, it's uh, it's nothing nothing crazy, you know. We'll take holding him to 24 points. You know, that's fine, but when you're letting everyone else eat, as well, then that's a bit rough. Rui Hachimura in this game could not miss from three, and we just weren't closing out effectively towards him on three-point shots, but he he had 21 points, and yeah, he was going off. It's not a coincidence that wing players tend to have big games against the Kings. You know, I think I see some people saying, man, everyone just hits shots against the Kings. They We get so unlucky. It's like, no, this is not a coincidence. This is a lack of size for being able to contest shots and also a lack of energy coming out of the gate because when you let guys get in a rhythm, they will start knocking down shots that they normally do not knock down in games. I think I, I said this last game, or, or two games ago, probably, actually. Why not Alex Len? You tried three other centers. Why not Alex Len? Uh, Rashawn Holmes continues to be a disaster defensively and not giving you anything offensively. Chemezi Metu lacks size. And Nemeas Keita uh, is very young, and uh, it shows at times. So if you're trying to... Win now, like the Kings are. Alex Len is a vet that knows his job. Every time he steps on the floor for the Kings, I like what he does. So I don't know why he gets no minutes when, you know, there is an obvious hole at that spot, why he hasn't even been given one shot the entire season. I understand he's not the flashiest player. He's not the greatest name, you know. He's not who I would want to go to, but it's... there's no other options at this point. And, you know, I, I'm saying all this, and, and if you just listened to this podcast and, and didn't know what was going on with the King season, you would think, it, you know, the, the sky is falling. Of course it's not. But I'm just frustrated with this gaping hole in the Kings roster that has been there the entire season, and hopefully we can fill it come the trade deadline. And a guy like Kyle Kuzma would... <laughs> would do wonders for us. He has been linked to the Kings. There, there have been a few other guys that have been linked to the Kings, Nerland Noel being one of them. You know, that that would be great. Other guys that have been linked to the Kings, OG Ananobi, that's not happening. He is going to be way too expensive. And a guy who's been linked to the Kings for a while is Pascal Siakam, even more expensive, definitely not happening. Even I think Kuzma is probably too expensive, but a, a guy like Nerlens Noel could definitely help the the center spot off the bench. You know, I think it's interesting coming into this season. We thought, I think everyone thought, the center position was going to be an extremely strong position for the Kings because you're moving a guy in Rashawn Holmes who was a solid starting center to a bench role. Like, you know, he would obviously have to figure it out. But I think everyone kind of assumed that he would, and he just hasn't. And uh, we have so many centers on this roster, and none of them work in that bench role. A concern from this game is DeMontis Sabonis 
exited the game late with a hand or, or finger injury. Don't have any update on that. Uh, and, and hoping that it's not severe, maybe just a jammed finger. Uh, I saw some people speculating a dislocated finger, which you know wouldn't be the end of the world, but hopefully it's nothing more than that, because we will suffer heavily if he is not able to play, because in this game, he had his second straight triple-double, putting up numbers every single night, 20, 15, 10 in this game. And one turnover is crazy for a guy getting 10 assists. The last thing that I kind of want to mention for this game is something that I, I, I did kind of mention, but uh, just Darren Fox, whenever he is going to the rim, he looks unstoppable, and I just don't know why he doesn't do it more. He settles for outside shots too much, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, guys cannot keep up with his speed and change of direction while maintaining that speed and maintaining control of the ball in his body. I mean, he is just incredible to watch going to the rim, and uh, I just wish he would do it more. It has been an incredibly disappointing start to this homestand in a homestand where we thought we could start 3-0 and and, and worst case 2-1. And, and uh, well, it's been worse than worst case. It's 1-2. and two. Again, the sky is not falling. We are 17 and 14. We are fine, but just not a great start. Kings can't seem to get five games above 500. They've been four games above 500 a few times this season. Just haven't been able to to get to that five mark, which they haven't been uh, at since 2006. The Kings' next game comes after a little break. Comes on December 27th against the Denver Nuggets, starting a two-game little mini-series here, little baseball mini-series against the Denver Nuggets, both of them in Golden 1 Center. The Nuggets are currently the number one seed in the West, tied for it with the Memphis Grizzlies. They are not a team that I thought would be the number one seed coming into the season. I, I knew they were going to be obviously solid, but uh, no, no real contender or dominating team has come out of the west i feel like all the the contenders for titles are are out east so the nuggets you know they, they've been taking advantage of that obviously have Jokic, who honestly it's surprising me that he's only scoring 24.7 points per game but he is obviously having another incredible season looking to go back to back to back in mvps it's probably not going to happen because that just doesn't happen but uh I mean, he's doing everything he can to try to make that happen. When we have seen Sabonis match up against Jokic, Sabonis has done a, a very good job of guarding him, I think. Again, the problem is, if Jokic is ever out there when Sabonis isn't, it's going to be rough. Sabonis has done an incredible job defensively this season overall, which I think is an underrated part of his game. And uh, so it, he definitely needs to be out there guarding Jokic. The injury report I am looking at currently has no players listed for either side. You know, we'll see, obviously, what happens as we get closer to the game. But uh, Jamal Murray hasn't been playing amazing this season, obviously coming back from that injury. But he's definitely had his moments showing, uh, you know, that old Jamal Murray, that bubble Murray. And Aaron Gordon has been extremely good for the Nuggets this season. 
I've heard some all-star buzz around him. I, I doubt that's going to happen, but very solid player there. And kind of like I said, wing guys like that tend to go off against the Kings. And so if he's out there, especially if Barnes or Keegan Murray, especially Barnes, aren't out there to guard him, it could be uh, tough. Similarly, pretty much the exact same story uh, for Michael Porter Jr., another guy that uh, I feel like even more fits the archetype of, of the type of player that can go off against the Kings with his jump shooting, which Aaron Gordon lacks uh, slightly. Definitely can hit the midi, Gordon can, but uh, Porter Jr. is a massive threat from three-point range. Uh, but, uh, but Aaron Gordon is just like Kyle Kuzma. He can get to the rim, and Kyle Kuzma destroyed us getting to the rim in this last game against the Wizards, so we have to find a way to stop that. The Nuggets are an extremely deep team. You know, when you're bringing guys like Bruce Brown and Bones Highland off your bench, you know you're, you have got a pretty good roster. So it's going to be an extremely difficult little mini-series here for the Kings, and, and a one-on-one split would definitely be seen as a victory, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, if we sweep them, then that is incredible. <laughs> Anyways, that is it for this episode of the Roll Report. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment your thoughts on the game, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Roll Report, and I will see you guys later to recap the game against the Denver Nuggets. Peace.